everybody to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined today by you guys. We have kind of a different episode uh, or, or schedule episode scheduled this week. Uh, I am obviously doing the mailbag as I do every week. And then in tomorrow's show, I'm going to be uh, joined by David Rammel, who does uh, the Locked On Heat podcast, as the Lakers now know who they're going to be facing off against in their finals matchup. And then in uh, the day after that, on, on, I guess, Tuesday's episode or whenever the episode that I record on Tuesday for Wednesday, you will hear Pete and I uh, preview the matchup between the Lakers and the Heat. And then in Wednesday, we will react to the game and then, you know, so far and so forth. The Lakers do play on Friday and depending on the situation there, I might just record because it's really rare that we get Lakers finals games in general. So uh, I might react to that to that game on on Friday night for a rare Saturday podcast. But but we're still kind of uh, deciding on that for now, though. I'm going to go ahead and start with your guys's questions, and there are plenty of them. So I'm going to go ahead and try to to try to read or rush through these as best I can while still obviously uh, answering them. But the first question here comes from Maze8326, or no, nope, sorry. Uh, Roberto Jones writes, uh, Hey, Anthony and Pete, assuming the Lakers handle their business uh, versus the Lakers and win the series, which they did, are you concerned that the Lakers haven't been tested by a strong defensive team during the playoffs? Miami and Boston seem far tougher on defense than any team that the Lakers have faced so far. I do feel like playing either of those teams will be a tough transition for the Lakers. Love the show. Uh, I I actually think the I think Denver is very underrated defensively. Jokic, like people think of him as like the slow, awkward European dude who can't really defend because he's a slow, awkward European dude, but he's actually very bright and is very good positionally on defense, at least good enough to be league average at that position. And then from there, you have like guys like Gary Harris, who is one of the better defensive point guards in the NBA. Jeremy Grant played his ass off on defense all series, except for, you know, a couple stretches here and there on LeBron James, which by the way, like if you're able, if that's what you're saying about somebody defensively on LeBron James, that means you're very good defensively. Uh, you have guys like Mason Plumlee coming off of the bench who is at least athletic and works hard consistently, even if he'll make the occasional really dumb play of switching when he doesn't have to, that allows Anthony Davis, a three pointer to, to end a game there. But for the most part, like Denver, especially in the half court is, is actually fairly good. So I think the, in terms of just being tested, I think the Lakers actually have now. I, initially, when I was reading this, I thought this was a general, like, are you concerned about the Lakers not being tested to this point in the postseason, given that they have won all of their series right now in, in five games? Uh, but you could say some of the same stuff about Miami. And I guess either way, like, you're going to get tested eventually, or you're not. Like, there are some, the 16-1 and year with the Lakers, like, they just weren't tested. They, they were that much better than everybody that they just were a buzzsaw and and waxed everybody that they faced. Maybe 
that is what this season is going to be for the Lakers. Hell, maybe that's what this season is going to be for the Heat. Who knows? Uh, but but in terms of you know concern over being tested or whatever, LeBron has been tested in previous years. Anthony Davis has been tested in previous years. Uh, JaVale McGee has witnessed a lengthy championship run. Danny Green, same thing. Rajon Rondo, same thing. You look at Miami, and and for a lot of these guys, this is uncharted territory, even for, for some of their better players. I don't think Jimmy Butler has ever... This is his first trip to the championship, I believe, uh, off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure, 99% sure this is the only time he's ever been to a championship. Yeah, it is. Uh, you can, Andre Iguodala has the most experience, I would say, on that roster, but beyond that, like Jay Crowder has made a couple lengthy playoff runs. Uh, that's about it in terms of role players on that team off the top of my head. And so like generally what you look for there is if you, if you haven't been tested in any single playoff run or postseason run, then you got to look for experience elsewhere. And the Lakers have a ton of that. Miami does not. So at least in that intangible aspect, the Lakers have a bit of, uh, bit of an advantage. Let's take a quick, uh, yeah, let's take a quick second here. And when we come back, I'm going to keep on answering your guys' questions. Today's show is brought to you in part by DoorDash. Fun story. So we just moved into our house, obviously, and, and uh, it's a new build, which means the address isn't on all of the GPS uh <laughs> GPA, nope, GPS. I, I had it right the first time. GPS systems that that uh, various companies have. That means it's been kind of difficult to have food delivered. My folks were in town. Uh, we were kind of doing a bunch of work around the house, and we realized a little late. Oh crap! It's it's dinner time, and I went app by app, and the only uh, app uh, app that was available to us was DoorDash. They had us covered. They had the food here. Uh, was was uh, kept the food was still warm when it when it got here, and DoorDash took care of us. And and that can be that can be the situation for you. They have three hundred thousand over three hundred thousand partners, and and right now listeners can get five dollars off their first delivery and pay no delivery fees on their first order of first uh, of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On NBA. That's $5 off your delivery and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's the code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. But one of my friends brought this up. Uh, what are we going to do if AD doesn't resign with us this season? I mean, the Lakers would be royally screwed, but there has been zero, nothing whatsoever that has hinted at AD leaving this this summer. Like if that would be such a meteor meteoric shift in what a player's intentions are that usually you get some kind of whiff of something beforehand. Right, with Dwight, we, we, there were some smoke signals there. There were with, uh, 
obviously with LeBron, every time he's changed teams, there's always some a few puffs of smoke here and there that indicate there's a fire, you know, smoldering somewhere else. And and here with AD, there has been nothing that would indicate he is anything other than thrilled to be a Los Angeles Laker. Those things can change, obviously, but as of right now, if you're just gauging AD's intentions compared to those of other players that eventually left, whether it was a shocker when they left or not, there has been not even a not a whisper, nothing at all to indicate that AD is leaving. So yeah, to actually answer the question, if you want, you know, to to answer it as asked, what would the Lakers do if AD left? They would have to fall right back into a really lengthy rebuild. They would have to hope that uh, the success that AD would be for some reason walking away from would attract the interest of another superstar out there somewhere, which historically speaking, it has. But but just in terms of like the reality of the situation, it's just it isn't happening. It's not even worth concerning yourself over at all. So yeah, to, to answer your question, I am blocking you, Shakar. Uh, let's go the next question here. Bevo Dive writes, I wonder if that's Bevo is in, because it could be like Bevo Dive, but I, Bevo Dive, like Bevo is the Texas mascot out here. Hi, Bevo. Hi, Anthony. Love the show. Grew up watching the Lakers in uh, L.A. in the 80s and moved to Austin in 1995 for college. Hmm, I wonder if it is. Uh, Any chance you want to organize a watch party for a game at a bar sometime next season? Plenty of great bars in Austin. First round on me. That'd be great. I think one of the things uh, that Austin offers, there's a a lot of people, a lot of L.A. and and California transplants out here in, in, in Austin, so... Uh, one thing I'm going to be kind of Googling and, and trying to find whatever I can about is, is Lakers bars. And once I learn about that, I'll reach out to the owner of the bar and see if we can, we can figure something out. Uh, next question here, for also from Bevo, writes, uh, Also, Caruso is moving up in my list of all-time favorite Lakers, right behind Kobe and Nick Van Exel. Who is your top five favorite Lakers? We love Pete's take, too. This is more of an off-season topic, but I'll, I'll answer it for the sake of the question right now. My top five, if we're just talking about them as players, it's probably Kobe, Magic, Big Gap, Powell, Lamar, and Nick Van Exel. That's probably how I would put it there. And, that, and that's off the top of my head. This thing changes all of the time. Like If we're, if we're just taking into account like a player at, at any point in their career as Lakers, then AD and LeBron need to factor in here somewhere so that that might change the math on, on uh, where some of these guys rank all time. But, uh, but, but yeah, Caruso, like if you're talking all time favorite role players, like not hall of famers, Caruso is way up there. Uh, I, I still think he has some very, kind of gaping holes that he needs to address this offseason, whether it's just becoming a better spot of three-point shooter, whether it's um, becoming more of a threat in that space between the basket and the three-point line, uh, whatever it might be, he, he you know, those are the spots where, where Caruso 
would become even more valuable. Because, like, right now, all of his value, basically, is on the defensive side. And there is immense value to be found there. He's going to be very important in this upcoming series against the Heat because he's going to be tasked with guarding Tyler Hero in large stretches. He's going to be really important in this upcoming stretch against the Heat because when he's not guarding Tyler Hero, he's going to be asked to guard Goran Dragic. Uh, and and both of those guys are playing the best basketball of their careers. Obviously, Hero doesn't have much to p- compare it to, but Drogic has had a phenomenal career in the NBA, and you could make a very solid argument, and the guys from the Levitard show will make it, probably correctly, that this is the best Goran Drogic has ever played. And so it's going to be on Caruso to to slow him down as best he can, and while, again, there's a ton of value to be found there, in order for him to be, you know, like all-time favorite Lakers or all-time even favorite role players, he needs to be more of a threat on on offense. Next question here comes from uh, Dr. Carmichael writing, uh, ask this in the offseason, please, I will. Uh, dear Fred and Pete, everyday listening, so thank you, thank you. Uh, here is a more long-term question. I am writing this right after the Lakers lost to the Nuggets in Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals. P.S. Fred, how dare you call yourself a Lakers fan if you want the Lakers to, the Celtics to win games against Pat Riley and the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals or against anyone for that matter, including uh, the Clipperinos. Assuming we sign AD long-term in the offseason, which stars do you want to pair with AD? Uh, LeBron is going to slow down one day, hopefully not anytime soon, and presumably the Lakers will look to pair AD with a superstar after LeBron's contract is finished. Perhaps LeBron will sign for a smaller deal money-wise and ring chase by being a distributor and a smart team defender. Uh, I am skeptical of Oladipo because of his injury uh, and deep playoff outlook. Should we tamper with Jason Tatum? Uh, he wears Lakers gear in a lot of purple or Devin Booker. This again is is more of an off-season question, uh, but but just in terms of like players I like and and players I I think would pair really well with AD. Some kind of a facilitating point guard would would be nice, uh, though I don't think that can be your second best player. If we're just talking second best player to to pair with AD, it has to be a wing. Like it it has to be another you know, multi multi-dimensional uh, defensive player. Uh, and that's where the Lakers would be deriving their identity. And, you know, from there you try to, to uh, build an offense with some kind of a point guard who can shoot and also defend and, and facilitate for AD and continue to optimize him as a player. But I, I, I without, bothering for with, with too much time on offensive uh offseason topics uh as the Lakers prepare for for an offseason that type of kind of category of player just a a really good wing who can optimize AD is is what the Lakers would would have to be looking for let's take another quick second here and when we come back I'm going to finish up with a, a couple last questions Today's show is also brought to you in part by Built Bar. Are you hungry and you don't really want to order food in because you have noticed that your your waist has started to expand uh, as a result of a result of of everything that we've all been going through together? Uh, well, a great way to hold yourself over with a nice healthy snack 
quite frankly, the best way that I have found to hold myself over with a nice healthy snack has been Built Bar. They have the kind of flavors that make it feel like you're kind of treating yourself when you're really not. You know, you're treating yourself to a very nutritional snack. You're not cheating on anything. But if you're eating something that tastes like a caramel brownie or cookies and cream ice cream or a lemon almond cheesecake, like you eat those kind of things and you're saying, there's no way I can be getting away with this and this is actually helping me nutritionally. But that's actually this that's actually the case. So head on over to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and not only will you be saving off of your first order, which is a, a really fun experience in and of itself, the very first time you try these these bars, but every subsequent order, you're gonna save 10 bucks off your order every time you use promo code locked on when you go to builtbar.com again that is builtbar.com use promo code locked on you'll get ten dollars off your next order again promo code locked on for ten dollars at builtbar.com and you'll get to treat yourself while not having to worry about cheating on anything All right, uh, next question here comes from a whole bunch of letters. What's up, Anthony? I was wondering, how different do you think these playoffs would be if we had Avery Bradley with us to pick up assignments such as Jamal Murray? And what it would uh, what it be like having him and Caruso on the defensive end at the same time? Thanks for this amazing podca- podcast from Connor. I guess Connor, thinking that your name was a bunch of letters, random letters, was, was probably unintelligent on my part, but it's good to know your name. So the the Bradley thing is is interesting because the apparent understanding here is that Caruso would still get minutes, which I don't think is is necessarily true. Uh, I I think if if Bradley is there, and given the way that the the, the team was ready to lean on Rondo, uh, regardless of how he played, and then given the way that Rondo has played. I think it's just as likely that Caruso just winds up being the odd man out and your kind of three-guard lineup is uh, Rondo, KCP, and, and Avery Bradley with Caruso kind of spe- uh, you know spending some time out there, uh, situ- situationally speaking. But, you know, it's, it's a different team. I think Bradley offered some value in terms of his ability to be a nuisance in ways that Caruso and KCP cannot. Like Caruso and KCP are more kind of containment defenders, whereas Avery Bradley is more of a tone setter. Like think of what Dwight did to Jokic physically, right? Where and 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 setting the antics aside, right? Because that's a different conversation altogether. But think of what AD did to Jokic every minute that he was on the court there, where Jokic, you know, by intention, was bothered every second that he was on the court with Dwight Howard. Random elbows here and there, the occasional shoulder that that knocks you backwards. Yeah, the occasional foul that might have been a little harder than it had to be. Like that kind of stuff. Think of that stuff, but from a guard perspective where Avery Badley is picking up Jamal Murray. Like, we saw Murray, as TNT was all too happy to point out throughout the entirety of the game, that uh, of that of that game five. Uh, Murray was hobbled, right, in, the, in, in, in that fifth game. And think of what Avery Bradley would have been doing to 
a player who had some trouble exploding off of one of his legs. Bradley probably would have bothered him up and down the court and worn him out on in, in that regard. Uh, so there's some things that Bradley would have offered. I also think like having a guy like Bradley who has been who had been there before and and understood kind of what playoff basketball is all about, there would be some value in doing that. Uh, but overall, I this isn't to take away from what Bradley gave the Lakers throughout the year, but I don't I don't think we would have seen any giant leap forward for the team if if Bradley was available. Maybe the Lakers have a higher baseline, but they, they, they won three series in five games here and are heading to the finals. So like how much better do you expect the Lakers to be there? I don't, I don't think it's, it's that huge a difference here. Uh, even while I look forward to hopefully getting Bradley back next season and, and, and seeing what this team can build on from, from here moving forward. Last question here comes from Chattanooga Lakers fan, uh, in the crossover before uh, episode before Game Four, I love the conversation about Jokic rising from Dwight's uh, rising above Dwight's an- uh, antics. Reminded me of LeBron laughing up uh, Lance Stevenson when he blew in his ear. Fun to watch the forms of competition in the playoffs. Keep up the great work. This is actually something that I'll be I'll be really interested to see what the Lakers do here in this next series because, like, it was very clear that Miami had a mental and and just toughness advantage on Boston. Uh, and I thought they derived a lot of that identity and, and a lot of that advantage came from Jimmy Butler just being this outrageously confident badass, you know. But he's doing that against a team led by Jason Tatum, who, while he is a very you know, promising young player, kind of soft-spoken, not really much of a leader. Yeah, they have Marcus Smart there, but he's not their best player. And and in these playoff settings, teams take on the identity of their best player. So in Miami's case, you take on the identity of, of Jimmy Butler, and all of those guys start puffing out their chest. They're a lot more confident out there. They're hitting shots that you might not normally. They're, they're, they're not quite thinking as much about the moment or getting overwhelmed by the moment. All of them are just out there playing their asses off, working their asses off, and 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 outworking and outconfidencing the teams that are put in front of them. And while that was really fun to watch, and while it's something that it's kind of a throwback thing, this identi- this this idea that intangibles are really important and that they can make up the difference between wins and losses in these po- in in a, in a postseason setting. Like while I enjoyed all of that. You're, I don't think Miami is going to have that same advantage on on the Lakers, where the 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 identity here is, oh yeah, that's right, we have LeBron James, oh, and, and also we have Anthony Davis, you know, and and uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how that aspect of of the game and all of these games play out. But when you when when it comes down to it, uh, the 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 antics and the games within the game, I think that's where the Lakers kind of have an advantage here because like Dwight can you Dwight can just waste fouls against Bam Adebayo. Like he, Bam Adebayo is a version of Dwight, quite frankly. Probably maybe, you know, a different offensive weapon than Dwight, 
but defensively, ability to, to, to switch out on the perimeter, a great rim protector, as we saw in that incredible block that he had on Jason Tatum. But Dwight can use six fouls on Bam the way that he used six fouls on Jokic. And if Bam gets into any kind of foul trouble, the Heat are a very different team. And by the way, like when Bam isn't concerned about picking up dumb fouls against Dwight Howard and dumb fouls against JaVale McGee and dumb fouls against Markeith Morris and, and, and so on and so forth, he's also going to have to protect the rim from LeBron James. And he's also going to have to, at times, guard Anthony Davis. And while I really, really like Bam as a player, I that is a really tall ask for a player in his first final setting. And then, you know, from there, like I, I did locked on NBA with uh with Josh earlier today. And I think he he he's pretty right in saying that yeah, the Lakers have the, the two best players in the series, but Miami might have the next like four or five, which fine. But what's important to point out here is how big a gap there is between LeBron James and Anthony Davis and whoever the second best or the, 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 the Miami's best player is. Like there is a sizable gap between those two guys, LeBron and AD and Bam Adebayo. It's just, it's just a really big, and that's not, again, it's going to sound pejorative. It's going to sound like a knock on Bam, but it, it really isn't. The Lakers just are very, very good at the top of the roster, and that's where these these series tend to be won. So you add that aspect of it to what Dwight will probably resume doing against Bam and trying to bother Bam in that way. Uh, You add that to the Lakers being very good at running three-point shooters off the three-point line, and I think... I think this is a pretty good matchup for the Lakers. I, you never know with, with how crazy basketball has been in the bubble. Weirder things have happened, but the Lakers have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.